Welcome in. Final hour of the Bill Michaels Show. We made it to a Friday. Good, good stuff. Good, good stuff. Got uh, Badger basketball tonight. Got Bucks basketball tonight. Badger football tomorrow night. And then you got to the Packers coming up on Sunday. Monday, Tuesday, we've got uh, our shows, our breakdown. Wednesday, I'm not going to be here. Uh, Grant's going to be here. Uh, pulling uh, some kind of a marathon shift I don't even want to think about. And then we'll ba- be back with the Green and Gold postgame show coming up on Thursday. And I think we're, we're all off on Friday, right, right, Grant, of next week? I'm, take- I'm taking off. Are you taking off as well? <laughs> I'm, I'm gone. Okay. I'm yeah. gone. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm nowhere to be found. So Yeah. Um, okay. Just I wanted to be sure, but uh, <laughs> yes. <laughs> so. so there you go. So we'll all be uh, we'll all be off next week, a week from today. But uh, we got a lot we got a lot coming up in the next, you know, five days. So hang in there. Just kind of you know strap yourself in because we we'll have a lot to talk about. Uh, speaking of a lot to talk about, you know, going back to the beginning of the year, my prediction was Baltimore and San Francisco. San Francisco sits at five, uh, six and three atop their division right now. Although they are tied with Seattle, they hold the tiebreaker right now. And uh, Baltimore at eight and three. They have eight wins but three losses, while Kansas City has seven wins and two losses. So uh, they are uh, you know, percentage points behind Kansas City. However, I said Baltimore would be the representative uh, in the uh, AFC for the Super Bowl. I, 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 gotta, I think Cincinnati's season is coming to an end. Kansas City is still Kansas City, and I can't wait for that game coming up on Monday night. That might Again, we had bookend games. And we were all anticipating it last night. We all sat down, ready to go. And then Joe Burrow gets hurt, Andrews gets hurt, and next thing you know, and OBJ's got the shoulder issue now. And, you know, it just it, it was a game that didn't turn out the way we thought it would as far as excitement goes. It was rather anticlimactic. But I think Cincinnati's on the outside looking in at best. Uh, Jacksonville, if you look at their schedule, they uh, are a team that, has they're six and three, you give them credit for winning games, but they haven't been to the tougher part of their schedule yet. So you got all of that. Houston has certainly come on. They put themselves into the wild card mix at this point. Uh, obviously, there's Kansas City uh, still talking about the possibility of making it to the postseason since they made a, a, a coaching change. Would be the Raiders. You've got Miami at six and three. What the hell is going on in Buffalo? Can they end up with any kind of a resurgence here down the stretch to put themselves in? There's the promise that Aaron Rodgers would be back if indeed the Jets. Now, that's a big game coming up, too, because the Jets are on the road. They won in overtime to start the season on that Thursday night contest when Aaron Rodgers came running out of the tunnel with the flag held high. Was it the first game of the season? No, the first game of the season was uh, with the Lions in Kansas City. This was the first Monday night game of the season. And then they did that. Uh, and then since then, they are 4-5 and five on the season. But they got to go into Buffalo now, and can Buffalo actually pull off the win against the Jets? And uh, in the meantime, over in the NFC, you've got Philadelphia on the road in Kansas City coming up on Monday night. Dallas this weekend sitting at six and three as well, and Dallas is trying. Dallas should just dump truck the Carolina Panthers as uh, as they sit right now, yeah, second in their division. Washington's trying to hang on to any kind of a hope they have. You still have Minnesota at 6-4, and four who have now won five straight. So a lot of topsy-turvy right now. Has your predictions, now that we sit here at the unofficial midway point of the season, Grant, has your predictions changed at all? Um, I think my Super Bowl prediction was Chiefs over Cowboys. 
I still think the Chiefs are the team, especially now that the the Bengals have they haven't been eliminated. Um, I'm not going to say their season is over, over, but they've just had so much bad luck and they've had so many injuries. Yeah. I, I don't know, other than the Ravens, who just lost their star tight end, I don't know if there's you know a bunch of teams in the AFC that can actually challenge the Chiefs. I think it's probably the Ravens and that's it. So I, I feel very good about the Chiefs going to the Super Bowl, as I think you should every year. Um, I really like the Cowboys out of the NFC. The Cowboys seem like more of the same. They seem like the team that can beat up on everybody but maybe can't beat the Niners and maybe can't beat the Eagles. And and I don't know that that has changed. I think they're more of the yeah. same. Well, I, I look at – you mentioned Cincinnati. Cincinnati's got to win at least five of their next seven to, to, I think, get into the postseason. Because if they win nine and you leave it up to the tiebreakers, all the tiebreakers that they have lost in the AFC will come back to bite them. So I got I, I got to think they got to win five of their next seven if they're going to get in. Otherwise, I agree with you. I don't know what Cleveland's going to be like because Cleveland's got such an incredible defense. But, I, you know, with Deshaun Watson going down, and I can't believe I'm saying this, but with Deshaun Watson going down, obviously that is a big blow to their hopes and what they thought they would be able to accomplish this season because right now the, the, the new upstart, you know, quarterback, so to speak, that uh, is going to be taken over for uh, Deshaun Watson uh, when the, when you talk about the Cleveland Browns, is uh, what is the guy? It's it's Dorian, is it Dorian Tom Dorian Thompson, Thompson Robinson? Robinson DTR Dorian I think. Thompson Robinson. Yeah, yeah. Dorian Thompson Robinson, and he was a fifth round draft choice this year. So he's now the guy, a rookie quarterback, going to be leading that team. Uh, they still have some good talent. Don't get me wrong, uh, but I just I don't I don't see them doing much. And then I also look at what. What Pittsburgh's done, and Pittsburgh's sitting at six and three, and they just continue to find ways to win. But I just don't know if I truly believe in them. Uh, they're, they're second in their division, but they're negative twenty six in point differential. They just happen to lead everybody in turnovers. So I, I still think I, I'm I'm leaning more with you. I'll be honest that Kansas City, when they come to play, they just look like the team. But I was starting to really become a believer in Baltimore. Uh, and, and Baltimore schedule the rest of the way. They, after uh, the Packers get done with them, Baltimore has the Chargers, the Rams, the Jaguars, the 49ers, the Dolphins, and the Steelers. It's not an easy schedule, but I think they've put enough cushion between themselves and Cincinnati that they should be they should be pretty much good to go. So I, I would love to see my prediction come true, but I'm kind of leaning more with you that I think Kansas City is going to be the team to beat. I'm very quietly thinking to myself, it's – Philadelphia is eight and one on the season, eight and one on the season, and the remaining schedule that Philadelphia has, they uh, Monday night against the Chiefs, then they have the Bills, then they have the 49ers, then the Cowboys, then the Seahawks, and the last three games of the year then are Giants, Cardinals, Giants. They they got a juggernaut coming up over the next five games. If they can win three of those. And then still went out the rest of the season with the Giants, Cardinals, and Giants. Uh, they most likely end up with the one seed, in my opinion, because that will only give them three or four losses on the season. So, I still think the Eagles can can get there. But the Forty ers the way they came out of the bye, man, they looked impressive. We'll just see if they can continue to do that. The Forty ers coming up this week, they're they're back at home, and they've got um, Tampa Bay, Tampa Bay back at uh, at Levi Stadium. So. Uh, and then I don't know what to make of Minnesota. How they just can, jobs just came, Dobbs just came in and 
He's done the job. He's played extremely well. I just don't know when that magic's going to wear off. You know what I mean? I just don't know when, if and when, that magic wears off. You just kind of think their defense is playing well enough to win games. Will they have just an off, enough enough offense to sustain and and allow them a kind of a real run at this thing? I, I don't know if it will or not, but you know certainly Minnesota for the remainder of their schedule. When you look at it, they got the Broncos, who are kind of the resurgent Broncos, then the Bears, then the Raiders, then Cincinnati, and who knows what's going to be going on with Joe Burrow at that point in time? Then the Lions and the Packers and the Lions. So the last three games. Uh, two of which are against the Lions. That's going to be tough for the Vikings. They, even if they split, that's going to be tough for the Vikings. So just kind of looking at the halfway point prediction-wise of where we're at with this, I uh, I kind of like – I still like my prediction, but I'm starting to lean more towards – towards. Um, yeah, I, and again, this is all contingent upon the fact that I believe that um, Andrews is – we all know he's done for the season. I don't know what they're going to – because Andrews was a lot like – Gronk Andrews is a lot like Kelsey in the sense that he he was Lamar Jackson's safety blanket I might have to lean more towards Kansas City unless Kansas City lost Travis Kelsey but here's the other thing speaking of uh, Kansas City and Travis Kelsey uh odds have come out for the game on Monday night you know what the odds are Grant whether or not Taylor Swift will be there there you go there you go BetOnline.ag created a bunch of uh, props that are starting to pop up as far as the camera and uh, what they call Tay-Tay, Taylor Swift, Tay-Tay in the house. I can't think I, I, I can't think of Tay-Tay as Tay-Tay. I think of every time I see that uh, Wendy's commercial with the guy calling them Tay-Tays. So uh, for, the, uh, for the French fries, Tay-Tays. But anyway, what is the first set? What is going to be first said on ESPN during the commentary portion? Taylor Swift, Tush Push, or Brotherly Shove? Most people seem to think it's Taylor Swift. Uh, Who will Taylor Swift be sitting next to? Um, Donna Kelsey, Andrea Swift, Scott Kingsley, Ed Kelsey, Brittany Mahomes, Jackson Mahomes, Patrick Mahomes Sr., Kevin Hart, Randy Martin, Will Smith, Bradley Cooper. (laughs) This is just ridiculous. Uh, Will Taylor Shift, uh, Shift. Will Taylor Swift be shown after the first Chiefs touchdown? And who says Taylor Swift first, Joe Buck or Troy Aikman? And then who's going to appear in the first commercial? Is it going to be Travis Travis Kelsey or Patrick Mahomes? And will the Monday Night uh, Football main broadcast show New Heights podcast? So we'll see all of that. They they got all kinds of prop bets out out now at betonline.ag. So there you go. All right, we're going to talk with Mike Clemens when we come back, and we'll uh, kind of break up the fun. But nevertheless, we're going to get with Mike and get some insight uh, into uh, the Green Bay Packers coming up this weekend to take on the Chargers and how things are going. If you are looking, say, uh, you know, come February, even into March, when you're going, man, the doldrums of winter's killing me. You want to get away. Maybe you want to take a cruise or go someplace just warm, all-inclusive. Our guys over at Cruise Planners, Kirk and the gang, 262-344-0697. They can book you anywhere, anytime, anyplace, and however warm you want it to be. They can't guarantee the weather, but they can guarantee you they can put you in someplace a lot warmer. That's for sure. That's Cruise Planners, land and cruise vacations. Call them, 262-344-0697. That's 262-344-0697. 
97. Our guy, Mike Clements, joining us next on The Bill Michael Show. This is The Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Everywhere you look, from groceries to utilities to gas, prices keep going up. Pella Windows and Doors of Wisconsin can dramatically help lower your energy costs year-round by replacing drafty windows and doors in as little as six weeks. And now you can save even more by taking advantage of no interest and no down payment for up to 36 months when you order by November 30th. Bring the love of Wisconsin's outdoors in through the beauty and quality craftsmanship of Pella Windows and Doors. Whether you're updating or upgrading the look and comfort of your home, Pella has extensive lines of customizable options to meet your needs and your budget. Replacing drafty windows and doors can dramatically lower your energy costs. Pella Windows and Doors of Wisconsin offers some of the most energy efficient windows in the industry. 0% interest and no down payment for up to 36 months when you order by November 30th. Set your free in-home consultation today at PellaWI.com. Second and nine. Love lets it fly. End zone. Off the deflection. It's intercepted. Picked off by Keanu Neal. And the Steelers come up huge once again. One last chance for the Packers. Love throws. End zone. Intercepted. And it's over. Casey. It's done. It's a play that we practice all the time as an end-of-game play. And, you know, most good defenses like Pittsburgh has, they're going to defend the goal line. Welcome back to the program, and uh, time to bring in our guy, Mike Clemens. As uh, we wrap things up here uh, this weekend, next three segments, talking about the Packers getting ready for the uh, the Chargers coming into town. Then a quick turnaround. They go into Detroit to take on the Lions. Mike, how you doing today, bud? I'm good, Bill. So uh, this week, it's you know it was a it was a close but no cigar. A, a few steps forward for the Packers. They still didn't get the win. They got a lot of things to work on. And they got a lot, I mean, a lot of evaluation as they stare down the barrel of the Chargers, the Lions, and the Chiefs. So where do you want to start? Here, that it's November football, and you're in a league where you're the Denver Broncos, and early in the season, you lose to the Dolphins. They put up 70 points on you. To the other night, where now you've won your third in a row on the road in Buffalo, the Broncos beating the Bills. So... You know, that's because you got your team ready now. You're where it's supposed to be. With Green Bay, you've got Jordan Love still growing each week. I thought he showed uh, a lot of improvement in many aspects of his game there in Pittsburgh with the binoculars on him there from the press box. But yet, here's another last minute loss and plays that you're inches off. And, and how does this happen? And so we talked to the quarterback to- coach, Tom Clements, who was asked, you know, there's still folks that want to compare, well, Aaron Rodgers in 2008, and the, which I'm tired of, but one person right. asked Clements, he said, you know, uh, some aspect about Rodgers, and he said, people got to remember it. When Aaron Rodgers came in in 2008, uh, not only to get more play in the preseason, longer camps, all that, he was with those receivers for a couple of years, you know, even on practice squad. All these receivers are new, you know, Jordan mm-hmm. These guys haven't been in the league that long, and the quarterback hasn't been with them. And then Tom was asked, 
So what's Jordan Love like to deal with on a Monday morning after another loss? I'm sure he, like all of us, are frustrated that we're not winning, but he's, you know, he's a pretty even-keeled guy. I think the, the, the players respond to that in him. He doesn't get uh, too upset if things are, are going poorly, and he doesn't get too fired up if things are great. You know, it, it, it is, when you look at it, we've, uh, in the early parts of games, we've just made way too many mistakes, whether it's a missed assignment or jumping off sides or getting a penalty, holding penalty and getting ourselves in long yardage situations that are hard to overcome. So that's, you know, that's what we've been harping on. Do your job, try to eliminate the penalties and, you know, get a first down. Then things start happening a little better for you. Mike, uh, you know, one of the things that I, I know you had mentioned and you mentioned it to Matt LaFleur was, hey, why is Jordan Love taking a 15 yard drop? I mean, it's not like a five-step or a three-step. I mean, it's like 15 yards. And this past week, we didn't see that. Like, you brought something to the attention that maybe they didn't realize. So, have they gotten away from just playing good quarterback, solid, fundamental footwork football? No, I don't think so. I actually think that Jordan Love has improved on that. I thought that one of the best throws that he's made this season was that sidearm deal against the Broncos where it actually bounced off of Romeo's hands but it ended up being a catch by Reed for a touchdown. But I like that sidearm throw. He, he's done that for the last couple of weeks, and it actually seems to be one of his most uh, accurate passes with a little zip to it. And at the same time, you know, he's, he's not doing anything that gets him in trouble that way. It just, to me, it shows that he's, getting, he's staying within his fundamentals but playing a little bit more loose, a little more backyard. So you're right. We I, I watched one of those games a couple of weeks ago two or three times, and I thought, okay, first of all, why is Love so far back? Why is he dropping back so much? And LaFleur said, I, I don't know. I haven't noticed that. It's supposed to be 10 yards. And then I said, why can't you guys get these receivers in stride? They're always, you know, got somebody on their back. What You had that last year, hitting guys in stride. LaFleur talked about that a little bit, and then he was somebody who was asked about, well, you know, what are you telling Jordan about that? And, you know, you've played that quote where he said, stop thinking and let it rip. So we asked LaFleur now after the Steelers loss about his fundamentals as a passer. You're always coaching him on, you know, the decision-making. It's one thing to say, go let it rip, but you're making a bad decision when you let it rip. So you're always, you're constantly coaching him on decision-making, his footwork, the timing of the play, trying to, get his body in, in a great position to make the throws. He, and he's been great. He's really receptive, and we expect that to continue. And I think that the better that people play around him, I think the better he'll perform as well. You know, Mike, uh, when it comes to the wide receiving core in, in Jordan, they haven't worked together a lot. I understand that. But Christian Watson's been there for a couple of years now. And we saw flashes last year down during a stretch with Aaron Rodgers where he was putting up numerous touchdowns a game and he was getting features on ESPN. And since then, that's just all kind of gone away. I mean, you know, some of the 50-50 balls have not been good. And he's he's been the guy that's been targeted in five out of the nine or ten picks that Jordan Love has thrown this season. So is has Christian Watson regressed? Apparently. And you're right. That's the stat of the week. Demosky from ESPN posted that early in the week, like, okay, Jordan Love's now up to nine interceptions. Five of them are targets to Christian Watson and with the game on the line. And like those two clips you played at the start of the segment, these are, these are the plays to win the game with. With three and a half minutes left to go, 
and with you know three seconds left to go, uh, the it's the intended receiver is Christian Watson. It ends up being a, a 50-50 ball, and he gets an interception. And why on that first one he's going down the sidelines as a down down out and down? Uh, you know he can't beat 33-year-old Patrick Peterson, <laughs> a guy with right. 13 years NFL experience with his height and his speed. So we we talked to Lafleur. What does Christian need to do? to win these one-on-one jump balls on critical downs in the game. He just needs to go out there and, and play fast, play decisive, and play confident because he's a guy that has all the ability. Uh, he's a big guy that can run, and we need him to show that every opportunity on tape. If, if guys are going to get up in, in your face and want to bump you, you got to be in attack mode, and you got to keep people. you got to come off the line of scrimmage with a great stance and start and, and try to work people's edges and, and get on top of them that way. So going by Tom Clemens' you know, thought of, well, he hasn't really worked many years with these guys, even though he's been in the league three years, do they know each other? I mean, you know, it used to be, Aaron could look and give a wink to Nordy, Jordy, or a wink to Devontae, and, and they knew. They knew where they were going. They knew the ball was coming. Is he anywhere near some kind of a relationship like that with a guy like Christian Watson, who's supposed to be your top dog? Supposed to be. And listen, Christian Watson, talented athlete, smart kid, works hard at this. But how you regress from those throws last year down in Chicago against the Bears against the Cowboys, where somehow they get him open in a, in a short route, and boom, he's gone. Nobody can catch him. Instant touchdown to the kinds of interceptions, you know, like you played there before. That, that first one, with about three minutes left in Pittsburgh, he kind of does a down, out, and down. And to me, it's like, well, why did they have him go out like that? Because now you're giving up your speed. You know, well, you don't mm-hmm. need to fake these guys. You're faster than anybody in the field. Why would you do that? And I asked Christian about this right after the game, about those two plays, and I found this interesting because as I, I, I thought I remembered it correctly, and then I watched the, the game tape on Monday. He's lined up sort of in a slot, and outside of him is number 88. Number 88, Luke Musgrave, the tight end. He thought that 33, Aaron Jones, was outside of him, but I asked about those two picks. Uh, no, I mean we were on the same page. I, I mean they they just had a they just had a good coverage. Um, you know I had to widen a little bit more to get outside of the, uh, you know the the defender covering uh, Jonesy on the outside, or you know who, I don't remember if it was Jonesy or not, but whoever was the outside receiver. So I mean I just had to widen it a little bit more, uh, you know than I would like to on that play. And you know no matter I want to stay you know stay tighter than you know kind of try to hold that red line. Um, but you know obviously my first thought is not to run into you know the corner and just take myself out of the play. Um, so, you know, I, mean, I, just, I just don't think Jordan, uh, you know, expected it. Um, and obviously, you know, neither did I. I just had to, you know, make a, make a decision. Uh, on the last play, they got eight guys on the line. Just before the snap, are you thinking matchup, you know, one of the guys that they've got out there, or are you thinking gap? Uh, it's definitely a gap, uh, you know, just find, you know, a way. I mean, I'm just running around, you know, trying to get into the end zone. Um, you know, obviously, you know, leave leave everything else to, to 10, uh, you know, try to fit it in somewhere. Uh, but at the end of the day, I mean, that's a, that's a tough position to be in. Um, you know, I'm sure that's not a you know, high probability, you know, you know success rate play. Uh, so, I mean, it's just a tough situation to be in. So, my, here's my other question, Mike. Um, do the co- When the coaches – last week they talked about the concentration of coming back for the 50-50 ball and going up and getting these things. What do the coaches think? 
of the wide receiving core, maybe even specifically Christian Watson right now? What do they think? Well, and that would be Jason Vrabel, the receivers coach, who I also think does a great job with these kids. I watch him working with them. And so Jason Vrabel was asked, when you watch tape of Christian Watson giving up these interceptions on 50-50 balls, what do you say to him? You know, when we watched in the room or we talked about on the sideline, our goal was, I said, you got to create more separation. you got to leave more space. Because now the DB can't kind of widen you and play through your hands or you're trying to get your feet in. So move the guy more off the initial stem. And then you leave three yards, so preferably a fade is going to be over your outside shoulder. The DB is behind you. Those are going to be easier to catch. If you're just standing there and he's playing right through your hands and the ball is there and it's bang, bang, I mean, you're looking at a 50-50 ball. We want to be a higher percentage than that. you know. So we've got to win on the beginning part of the route, be more physical, clean up the details on that, and, and move a guy. You had mentioned Christian Watson not being able to outrun some of the guys in the secondary. Is it because he's a little banged up, or is he lost a step, or what? I no, I don't think it's physical. I really don't. I I think it's technique. I think they talk about that he's good in practice. You know, one one way that this Packers offense has improved. Think about how the game against the Falcons ended with four, five interceptions with the ball in your hand at the end of the game as opposed to how they not once but twice got into the red zone at the end of the game against the Steelers. But then they go to Christian Watson, and somehow it gets picked off. So Vrabel was asked, the receivers coach, would his speed would it not be better to let him just get separation instead of a jump ball on these plays? Yeah, like you said, I mean, the best way to win as a wideout is to create separation, right? I mean, it's going to be the easiest catch for a receiver if the DB, you're jumping for a ball and he's pulling down one arm and you're getting the arm off late, it's going to be more difficult to catch the ball. So separation's obviously the easiest way to come down with the ball. You know, with Christian, you know, um, this year, obviously we have had a couple of those, you know, moments where we wish we had come down with it. I think last year going back at Tennessee, I think it was he made a big one in the end zone, right? And it was contested. We ended up being behind the guy and peeled the ball away, you know? So when you're going up and getting it, it's not just getting your hands on it. And clean, you got to be able to pull the ball away and hopefully get it tucked before you hit the ground, right? So last week, I think there was two of them. You know, we would have loved for him to make them. He's going to continue to grind and work and his practice habits and just build confidence, you know. And um, I think, you know, not practicing for a little while with the hamstring injury and being out there in those live reps where there's a DB on you, you know, I mean, you, the more you practice, the more you have a great work ethic like he does, the more he's going to come down with those balls. And that's, that's our goal and that's the standard. So, Bill, so, those those last two clips I just played mm-hmm. from the receivers coach of the Packers regarding Christian Watson on these plays, I saved them. That wasn't from yesterday. That was from a month ago after the Raiders game. Wow. Still saying the same thing, huh? huh. Right. Interesting. Uh, let's do this. Mike Clemens on board, dropping some insight, and uh, we'll come back to Mike. Brought to you by the Bay Motel in Green Bay. Quiet, cozy, and comfortable just a mile from Lambeau Field. Perfect for a family stay in the Bay Family Restaurant featuring homestyle cooking seven days a week right there on South Military Avenue in Green Bay. Call today for reservations, 920-494-3441, or go online at baymotelgreenbay.com. More with Mike Clemens coming up next. Covering Wisconsin sports like a blanket, this is The Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Danger is thrown, but he finds Allen and he gets the first down. 
That's the one you're holding your breath and you're like, don't you dare, great throw. To the end zone. No, no he did it. Caught. It went off Evans into the hands of Joshua Palmer for a Charger touchdown. He's the real deal. There's not a throw he can't make. He does a great job protecting the football, makes great decisions, very decisive. We'll throw into tight windows. Keenan Allen's a monster. He leads them, and, you know, obviously Eckler's back there. And they've had some unfortunate injuries, but I think they got a lot of playmakers, guys that are capable of, of making explosion plays. And But I think he's, he's really the guy that kind of drives the whole thing. Good to have you back. Bill Michaels Show. This portion of the program brought to you by our friends over there at One Collision. One Collision, uh, Menominee uh, County Line Road in Menominee Falls. Call them 262-251-1700. If you have an accident, if you want to get yeah, maybe the old uh, paint restored, maybe some chips, dings, hail damage, whatever it happens to be, they can do it. And they did it for my car, and it looks amazing. If you're watching on the live stream right now, that is my car. The after, the after pictures, the whole rear quarter was all caved in, and they did a magnificent job, magnificent job. So that's, again, by One Collision County Line Road, Menominee Falls. Call them 262-251-1700, and tell them we sent you good, good stuff. Our guy Mike Clemens on the line with us. So, Mike, I mean, look, this is a Chargers team that has the capability to really put up some serious points. I mean, not only does the defense have a big job, but offensively speaking – for the Packers, it, I'm not going to say it's a shootout because for a team that doesn't average more than 20 points a game, you can't say you're in a shootout. But they're going to have to put some points up on the board to, uh, to, to stay in this one, or the defense is going to have to play lights out. A shootout would be refreshing, wouldn't it? Pretty good yeah. weather at Lambeau, sunshine and 45. Speaking of dinged up, you know, like the car, uh, Rudy Ford, uh, I saw him at the end of the Steelers game with his left elbow wrapped up with a lot of ice. That's turned out to be a bicep injury. He did not participate again today in practice, so he's probably not going to play. So that's going to leave Jonathan Owens and the rookie Anthony Johnson on the back end at safety in their secondary. Jair has been able to practice for the uh, Chargers. uh, Gerald Everett, their tight end, he's been dealing with a chest injury. We're waiting to see if he's going to practice today. Uh, Keenan Allen, wide receiver, uh, he might be questionable for this game, checking on uh, the injury report from uh, from Los Angeles. Almost said San Diego. Uh, Keenan's been uh, got a shoulder injury. He was uh, limited in yesterday's practice. Uh, so, yeah, you're talking about is, can this thing be a shootout? How can you keep J- Justin Herbert down from going nuts with the, with the football? And uh, I, we talked to J.J. Enigbari who says the Chargers' offense is based on stopping three guys, number 13, Keenan Allen, number 10, the quarterback, Justin Herbert, and the wide receiver, Austin Elke, who's, who's also a pretty guard, darn good uh, receiver as well. Yeah, I mean, they're a team that wants to pass first from what we've seen, um, try to target 13 and uh, 13 and um, 30. Those, I guess, the, um, at 10, those three, three guys, they're pretty much the focal point in the offense. You know, it's funny, Mike, uh, the, the offense played a little bit better. The screams and cries for Joe Barry's head while they're still there. Uh, they've kind of calmed down because I think everybody can realize the fact that the defense has played well enough to win some of these ball games. And 
Uh, but they're still, you know, they're still middle of the pack in a lot of the different categories. They're still considered top 10 now by pro football focus. They've kind of climbed that ladder a little bit against some bad football teams. But you can only do what you can do and only play who you can play. So I, I give credit to the defense for what they've been able to do as of late. Yeah, and Enigbari was talking about this stat that the defensive coordinator Joe Barry put up in the players' meeting the other day about the Chargers' offensive weapons. Yeah, so uh, I guess we've seen this. It was a stat today they presented. Um, I guess uh, Allen has like 70 odds uh, catches or something like that. And then the second receiver is uh, Eckler, and he has like 30 or something like that. So um, I guess it shows how much they're trying to get him in the rock and um, pretty much put him in open space situations. Uh, Mike, the, the one thing, um, uh, by the way, breaking news, Adam Schefter, Joe Burrow, whatever he did in that wrist, he is now out for the rest of the season. His oh, season is no. going to end. Yep, Joe Burrow, yeah. uh, Adam Schefter just reporting Joe Burrow is done for the rest of the season. I watched some of that. Uh, you know, he is such a great, great talent, but he is, he's been banged up and dealing with the injuries. The Ravens looked really good in that game, but he looked, I mean, there's uh, players coming up to him uh, when he was back there in the second half, and it looked pretty decisive. Like the, the, right. He tried to pick up a football and said can't do it, so that they must have found some sort of a fracture or something. Uh, how about yeah. that? I guess. Well, anyway, for for Green Bay, um, you know, we're talking about some of the things that they do. Like against the Steelers, it didn't seem like Rashawn Gary or these guys were getting back there at the Steelers quarterback, Kenny Pickett. And so this was an interesting exchange with LaFleur, who went into deep detail about some of the things that they do on defense because people will say, okay, you're watching the game. They're in nickel defense, so they got you know at least five guys in the back. And it looks like there's just two down linemen maybe over the guards. So, you know, how can you get a pass rush when you're, when you're, you know, got that much emphasis on coverage? And LaFleur got a little testy after being asked about that. So there were a couple instances where you guys were in nickel with the two down linemen, and they, there were a couple of That is baffling to me when people talk nickel defense and they talk about two down linemen because I don't know what that means. True down linemen, you've got two inside linebackers. So got outside linebackers, just so you know how us in this profession view outside linebackers, when you go to nickel defense, they are defensive ends. Okay. And we have some of the bigger outside linebackers in this league. So I think it's comical when I hear people talk about, oh, they have two down linemen. I'm like, to me, people are exposing themselves when they say that. Like, there is four defensive linemen on the field. When we go out there, basically, when we play teams, 3-4 defense is not something new, right? That is our base defense. But when you go nickel defense, those outside linebackers become defensive ends. And the way we always judge it is, would you want a running back blocking that guy? Would you want a running back blocking Preston Smith? Would you want a running back blocking Rashawn Gary? The answer is usually no. So they are defensive linemen. Mike, uh, look, I get technically for those that are in the business as if it's a backhanded slap like nobody but them knows what the hell they're talking about. <laughs> but when you talk about down linemen, those are guys with their hand in the dirt. They are down. You always have the stand-up outside linebackers there. They, when you pull a lineman, a down interior lineman off the field, and then you're asked to stop the run, you got safeties playing deep, it, it looks bad against the team that's predominantly run-oriented. Yeah, well, there's also something to beating up the offensive line as well. Here's the other thing. 
So then you see Joe Barry go with the two deep safeties. And then, you know, you've got like Jalen Warren, number 30 from the Steelers. And I talked about that going into that game. Like, hey, hey hello, is anybody watching this guy? Because he was getting snaps throughout the season. But, man, he took off on the Titans. I mean, he's finding holes. He's getting 7 to 15 yards per carry. He's fast. And I was talking to Rashawn Gary about that after the game last week. And I said, oh, tell me about 30. He said, you know, he opened his eyes. and He's quick. Oh, man, you know, he's found his stride. That guy was, was tough to, to, to track and to follow. Hits the, the hole quickly. So LaFleur says, if you've got two deep safeties in a game, aren't you then prone to give up 200 yards rushing like you did to the Steelers? Certainly there's times when you would like to not be in a split safety defense, no question about it, because you are more susceptible to the run when you're playing shell defense. And a lot of it is, is it a cover two look where the safeties aren't in run support? Uh, I mean, Pittsburgh ran a ton of two shell versus us, especially in the second half. And they were still able to stop the run pretty effectively. So every game's a little bit different. Obviously, there's different versions of quarters coverage out there where some, some of the quarters coverages, the safeties are hard run support players where there's other version of quarters where they're a softer, we call it a palms coverage, where they're not as quick to trigger into the run support. So you are left with a lighter box. And that's where it's important when you do that. You see a lot of teams that like live in the, the cover two world that will do run stunts up front to kind of mash up the front a little bit to get the combinations off to help whether it be a linebacker or maybe a lineman misses their block to help with when you have a lighter box. But, yeah, there's a lot of things that certainly anytime you give up 200 yards in this league rushing, it's obviously not a good day for you on the defensive side of the ball. So collectively, um, not only do we have to we, – we obviously have to coach some things better. We've got to put our guys in better positions. But our guys at times, when we, especially when we're in single safety defenses, when we have, when, there, when it's, there's a saying, one gap or one back equals one gap. Everybody is gapped out, and you need the people to show up in those gaps in order to stop the run. And when somebody loses their gap or gets cut out of a gap, that's when you get gashed because they're not where they're supposed to be. Or if somebody misses a tackle, that's where you get gashed. So was it good enough? The bottom line is no, it wasn't. Because we we knew they were going to run the ball. They ran for, what, 205 yards, over five yards a clip. That's usually going to be a tough day at the office. Uh, let's do this. Uh, we'll step away. We'll take a quick break. We'll come back. we got more with Mike Clemens. We'll wrap it up talking about the Packers and uh, this upcoming game against the Chargers. This portion of the program brought to you by Master Z's on Blue Mountain Road in Brookfield. See it today. Get it tomorrow. If you're turning your life inside now as opposed to living on the outside, whether it's shuffleboards, pool tables, they have a huge, huge showroom of all of it. And if you're thinking about it for the family gatherings, you can see it today, get it tomorrow. So never too late. Stop out to Master Z's or call them 262-746-5931, 262-746-5931, and see what it is I'm talking about. That is Master Z's. Covering Wisconsin sports like a blanket, this is The Bill Michael Show.
on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Everywhere you look, from groceries to utilities to gas, prices keep going up. Pella Windows and Doors of Wisconsin can dramatically help lower your energy costs year-round by replacing drafty windows and doors in as little as six weeks. And now you can save even more by taking advantage of no interest and no down payment for up to 36 months when you order by November 30th. Bring the love of Wisconsin's outdoors in through the beauty and quality craftsmanship of Pella Windows and Doors. Whether you're updating or upgrading the look and comfort of your home, Pella has extensive lines of customizable options to meet your needs and your budget. Replacing drafty windows and doors can dramatically lower your energy costs. Pella Windows and Doors of Wisconsin offers some of the most energy efficient windows in the industry. 0% interest and no down payment for up to 36 months when you order by November 30th. Set your free in-home consultation today at PellaWI.com. Certain restrictions apply. See showroom for details. Offer ends 11 2023. Yeah, I think, uh, you know, first off, every game is important, you know, and, and uh, we've obviously got a lot of respect for this Packers team. Um, you know, it is, a, it is a good opportunity for us to go out and play football and, um, you know, a tough, tough week last week, tough loss, but uh, the challenge and the excitement to get back out there on the field. Um, especially at a place like that where we have a ton of respect for, um, you know, I think it'll be a good challenge and a good opportunity for us. Welcome back. A couple of minutes to go before we get out of here. Packers getting ready to take on the uh, Chargers this week. And don't forget, we're going to be live at Burkle's one block over the old champions right behind Stadium View coming up immediately following the game from 3 to 5 this coming Sunday. So if you're up in the area, come on by and say hello. And then we're going to be uh, doing the Green and Gold postgame show live after the Packers and the Lions next week on Thanksgiving Day. And we'll be covering that as well. Mike Clements joining us up in uh, in Green Bay. And, Mike, uh, this is a Chargers team. I, I, personally, Justin Herbert, everybody keeps talking about him like he's going to get, climb into the realm of Patrick Mahomes. And, you know, and he just hasn't ever – he's like in the middle of the mountain. He hasn't ascended it. He hasn't descended it. He's just kind of hanging in the middle, and you're waiting for him to have that breakthrough, you know? Yeah, and he's already been in there now, well, as long as – he came in the same draft class as Jordan Love. Jordan yeah. has actually worked out with him in the offseason. They're not that close, but, you know, they're – but look at all the snaps that Justin has got going in as a starter right away with the, you know, top pick – for the Chargers. Yeah, by the way, you just, you blew me away with that Joe Burrow news that uh, the Bengals quarterback out for the year with the wrist injury. Yeah. I actually got one of these flashbacks yesterday on social media, and it's me a year ago today asking Aaron Rodgers if the thumb was getting any better. Remember, we covered that for five weeks. Right. And, and, and actually, you know, Justin Herbert's been through the same thing this year. It's been like five or six weeks since he injured that middle finger on his throwing hand. And so they've been under middle finger watch out in L.A., and he was asked about that yesterday coming into this game against the Packers. Um, I think I'm probably thinking about it the most right now. With, um, so, no, it's, it's, it's gotten better. Sorry. No, it's all good. It's, it's gotten better. So, um, you know, when you're, whenever you're out on the field, you know, you're, you're, you're focused on football and you're focused on doing your job and doing everything like that. So really the only time that you get to think about is outside of football, um, you know, especially asking, answering questions about it. Mike, they're in a stretch now uh, where the evaluations are starting for the next season, and so they're always going on. We know that, but this 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 is going to be a tough stretch because they have them, the Chargers. Then after that, they obviously have Detroit, then Kansas City, and you're really going to find out how you measure up against some pretty good football teams. Yeah, one of their best weapons is the running back Austin Eckler, who's also great out of the backfield. And I forgot, you know, 
I remember, I think it was on Hard Knocks watching uh, his story coming up. Melvin Gordon from Kenosha, Bradford in Wisconsin decided to have a little holdout at the start of the season. This is 2019, LaFleur's first year. And Eckler gets out there and he tears it up and ends up getting the starting job. So that's something that the Packers linebackers are going to have to watch going into this game on Sunday. I keep thinking this will be the one where the you know the Packers have a big day and and they can find it. But you know you got Khalil Mack over there. Uh, you've got a pretty tough defense over there to to challenge the Packers offense and Jordan Love. Mike, good stuff as always. Uh, looking forward to uh, seeing you up there on Sunday, and then hopefully uh, we talk about some better things for the Green Bay Packers, pal. See you then, pal. Appreciate it. All right, buddy. Talk to you soon. There you go. That's Mike Clemens, and that's going to round out our week. And uh, we've got uh, in the Wanakee Badger game, they're tied at seven apiece right now with just under three minutes to go in the half. And then, as we heard a little bit uh, earlier, you got an entire Milwaukee County Marquette and uh, and Franklin going at it for uh, D1 coming up a little bit later on. But uh, that's how we wrap up high school football. We wrap up the show for the week. Got the Packers game. Don't forget, again, we're going to be at Burkle's one block over coming up on Sunday immediately following the contest. So, Grant, good stuff, man. Appreciate it, pal. Have an outstanding weekend. Go Packers. Going to try until we talk again. Uh, time for us to get out of here. Hopefully you all have a great weekend, and we will talk soon. Until then, have a good one.